0: Uh, Good morning, everyone. I'm excited. This is uh, round two of a message this morning, and it's titled Garden Tools. And uh, it's exciting because I really want us as a family together to have the tools that we need to churn up the soil of our hearts, to plant the right things the Lord wants us to plant. And uh, there are some keys, there are some things in the scriptures, and there's some... some things the Lord's showing me that I wanted to just highlight to you guys this morning. But before I do, I first I wanted to give a shout out. My wife's not here this morning. She's had some uh, congestion stuff going on. So she's watching probably from the comfort of her couch with a hot tea, I imagine. Um, uh, but I just want to give a shout out to her. And also just wanted to say, you know, the, the word says when you find a wife, you find a good thing. And uh, I'm just telling you, after the first service... As I left my phone over there, I had about five or six texts of some suggestions, some things to tweak and to work on for the next message, and I am just richly blessed by those <laughs> things. And, uh, and so um, I just uh, wanted to give her a shout out, and I, I updated my message. I've got it all uh, locked down in there, and so we'll see how it goes <laughs> next round here. All right. So um, the first thing I wanted to start off with that something the Lord stirred up in me during worship is how blessed we are to be able to gather in the house of the Lord. To be able to gather together as believers, you know, there are many places where that's illegal, where that's not allowed, where you're under watch heavily. Not to say that we're not under watch these days, but um, but there's a lot of things stirring up. And it's just so great that I can come in here and more than ever before, I've been noticing that, uh, you know, I'm 38 years old. I've been uh, going to church Ever since I was little, pretty much my whole life I've been attending church, and I'm going to be honest, guys, for, for a long time, I've taken that for granted. I've just said, oh, yeah, this is the thing we do. It's what we do on Sundays, what we do on Wednesdays. When the doors open, we're here, and, uh, and, uh, and you know, and you just think about all the stuff going on, but it's so important that we do not take the house of the Lord for granted, that we do not take our relationship with him for granted, or our opportunity to uh, fellowship with one another. It's extremely important to have that perspective. I didn't give a couple of these verses, I got them during worship, so don't worry back there. But Proverbs 27, one says, don't brag about tomorrow, for you do not know what it'll bring. Other messages say that it's not guaranteed, other versions. And it's so important that, look, guys, we, do, we really don't know in this time and season what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. There are things we think might happen, but we're not quite sure. And so it's important that we aren't so stuck with, oh, I've, I'm setting this up and this thing is coming here and there. And I got all these plans laid. It's important to have plans, goals, visions for the future. You're going to hear me talk some about that in a little bit. But it's important, too, that we're present in the moment, worshiping the Lord, having our eyes fixed on him. Amen? And then the other thing in Luke 12, it says, um, who by worrying can add a single hour to their lives? Family, in the midst of this turmoil, let's not fall into worry, anxiety, doubt, fear. Let's trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not on our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge him, and he will make our path straight, it says in James. And so I encourage you guys, you know, don't add, don't let worry creep in, because it will not improve your life in any way. I have to remind myself, that's a verse that I know because I've had to speak it over myself many a time. All right, I don't need to worry. You know, oftentimes we fall into worry because it's a version of Mental control or a feeling of control over our circumstances—that's really not actually there. So, um, diving into the message, I uh, I spoke about this story a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. Lord, I can't tell. Time is very all over the place these days. But about uh, our my excuse me, my wife and I bought a house a few years ago. And when we did, we saw that there was an orange tree in the backyard. And we were super excited about it. We were like, yes, we got some oranges. We didn't have to do anything. It was already there. And we we're excited. And when we bought the house, because I didn't try the, I, maybe I should have tried the oranges before I bought the house. But, but when we got there, one of the first things I did was grab an orange off the tree. And I tasted it. And it was Sour. It was a sour orange, and I really, I didn't even know there was such a thing, but a uh, tree friend of mine, a, a guy who knew a lot about trees, said, you know, probably at one point that tree got frozen uh, below the graft line, and uh, and now it's producing sour fruit. And so we had this sour fruit, and so for a little while... I, uh, my wife and I, we were looking up recipes. I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to make orange lemonade out of these orange lemons. I'm going to find a way to use this in cooking and stuff. But over time, the, the, the fruit that kept coming at it was, had more seeds in it. It became more pulpy. It just became less and less palatable and less usable. And then as time went on even more, half the tree just kind of died Like, it it completely stopped producing fruit. So I've got this weird, like, half the tree's got some fruit on it, which ain't that great. And the other half doesn't got any at all. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what a mess. It just looks ugly there now. And and my wife is like, you need to cut that tree down. You need to get it out of our yard. And so for many months, she'd remind me about that. And I'd be like, I know I'm getting to it. Guys, how many honeydew lists are just sitting there and the gathering dust and, and and your your wife or or maybe it's the other way around um, is uh, is to re- me is reminding you hey I need you to get that done and you're like I promise I'm gonna get to it and that's usually just if you don't know I do some contracting work many a time I'm called in to get the honey-do list done because the honey ain't getting it done and so anyway um, so i finally got around to it thank goodness because of all the downtime and stuff i had some extra time and had no more excuses left and so i got out there guys how many i'm going to kind of drop this in a minute but how many times is there something wrong in our lives and our wives keep pointing at it and saying you need to shape up in this area not in a condemning way but just in kind of a reminder of come on come on just just coaxing you to to figure it out and you're resistant 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 and then finally you give in to really the voice of the holy spirit through her and you're like okay I should have done that a long time ago well I got out there I started cutting the tree down I haven't really cut a lot of trees down and I'll be honest I probably did not have the right tool for the job I had a little dinky sawzall that was not very strong, a reciprocating saw, uh, trying to cut this whole tree down. And I was out there. I was sweating and I was going after it. I took a few breaks in between and uh, the stump was not clean. It was like had chunks here and there as I finally pushed the tree down and got it down. But it was done. It was out of our lives. And uh, why am I telling you this? Because The Lord kept talking to me throughout this whole process that isn't this just a picture of our lives, that there's a time and season, everyone's got a different story here, but where there's just fruit that is just not good. You know, one of the dangerous things, bad fruit can be be kind of glaring and you're like, oh my gosh, it's rotten. This is nasty. I got to get rid of it. But when we just have sort of okay fruit, kind of, oh, I can do something with it, something. It's not the fullness of the Lord. It's not what his best is. And I challenge you guys, we can't keep putting up with okay fruit in our lives. We can't keep putting up with this sort of, well, you know, I'll just keep on going on. At least it's, at least I got some fruit, you know, other than that guy over there. You know, and we get into the judgment thing where we try to puff up and make reasons and excuses. I want to encourage you guys. This is coming from my very own walk. My very own testimony is it's time to cut down the unfruitful tree in our lives. It's time to say, I'm done with it. That season is over. I'm ready to turn to you, Lord. I'm ready to see a new tree spring up. And so I I want to take us on that journey today of what does it look like to have a fruitful garden? What are the conditions that are needed to, to bring that into a fruition? Something really cool I wanted to just share with you real quick that my wife did text me. Um, there's a church that our, that our church has visited in a mission several times in Brazil Uh, called MCI Church. They're awesome. And the the lead pastor there, Mauricio, he just posted, like I'm saying like 10 minutes ago, that he's going to be doing a message on YouTube all about planting and that this is the season for planting. And I'm just like, whoa. I'm like, it's so cool to see the Holy Spirit just kind of synced up across the globe. And, and so I'm, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm grabbing. I was furiously reading what he posted, because i was like, I want to use some of that uh, today. But anyway, so Matthew 7, uh, verse 17 through 19 says this. It says, so if the tree is good, it will produce good fruit. But if the tree is bad, it will bear only rotten fruit, and it deserves to be cut down and burned let's just say my wife was very much in the spirit and in the word uh, and and it's right there that it should not because you know guess what that tree was doing it was still taking nutrients out of the soil it was still absorbing water that other good bearing plants around it could do it needed to be cut down and end all of the using of those resources that it was doing there are things in our lives family that We've let stay there. We've let it remain even though we know it shouldn't be. And it is pulling the emotions of our heart, those resources. It is pulling on relationships that maybe shouldn't be there or aren't healthy. It is taking us places that we do not want to go. So, how do we create a fruitful garden then? Okay, what is needed Five things the Lord highlighted to me that are needed in a fruitful garden. So maybe if you're watching at home or right now, just start, sort of think in your mind, what might those five things be? We've got soil, land or soil. We've got good seed. We only want good seed. Um, water. We've got sunlight. And we've got, what do you think the fifth one is? Uh, it's time. The right Timing is very, very important. Timing is key, as they say. And so I'm just going to start off, and I'm just going to give a little brief uh, definition as far as from this perspective that these five things do in our lives. One is the land or soil. You know, Pastor Mauricio, who is at that church, he is the one that told me, I I, I misquoted last service, um, he's the one that told me that If you're going into a new place, a new city, a new area, and you want to have influence over that place, then buy land. And you see that happen so often in the Bible. In fact, there's the part about the pearl of great price where he sells everything he has to buy the land. Why does he have to buy the land? So that he can have ownership and the rights to that pearl, to that thing of great value. The, The land is the soil of our heart, but... God holds the rights and only when we surrender over to him are we now in unification to him and now we're able to co-labor with him to churn up the soil of our hearts and start to bring transformation into our lives. Uh, The second is good seed, the seed being the word. If you're not in the scriptures, Pastor David was talking about that earlier on the video, this is the time to be in the word. Not just because, you know, it's it's always good to be in the word. But I'm telling you guys, in, in the context of the world we're living in today, the scriptures are like jumping off the page. They are just screaming out what the Lord is saying and what he's doing. And I'm going to tell you right now that the word of God should be your news feed right now. And it seems so wild and crazy to do that. Sometimes I'm like, gosh, there are things happening in the world, and I need to turn the news back on, or I need to go back to my, my curated news page thing on, online or whatever it is, and I'm really tempted. And, you know, my dad growing up put that uh, value in me. He said, we always need to be aware of what's going on. And that's true. We don't want to be ignorant to the things of the world, but we want to see it through the right lens. And if we're allowing the influence of the world to be the chief lens that's coming on us, then we're going to get downcast, hard-hearted, frustrated. We're going to not be in the right mental state that the Lord wants us to be in. Amen? So we need to be in the word. And we need to be aware of words spoken over us or into our lives. That's, that leads into good Relationship and fellowship. Uh, you know, there are times and opportunities, whether we have a, a conference or whether it's in a small group or whatever it is, where the, a prophetic word is spoken over us or we receive something in the secret place with the Lord, and we need to value those things, write them down, repeat them over us. We need to have that because those are the seeds planted in our heart that, you know what, great soil, water, sun, all those things are great. But if you don't have seeds to grow in there, then Not a whole lot's happening. And so then water, Holy Spirit experiences and encounters are watering that seed, the word that's sown over you, coming into the presence of the Lord, experiencing him, his intimacy. It's so important. Uh, John 7 verse 38 says this, it says, believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. And so right there, guys, when we believe in the Lord, when we trust in him, living water, it says, will burst out of us. Powerful. And then sunlight, representing God, his face, his presence, knowing him intimately and being with him regularly. How many of you know if you, if you don't have proper sunlight, the plant wilts and then it eventually dies? There's, a, there's sort of a, I don't know if you've ever said, oh, I just feel very dry. I, I'm just not feeling the presence of the Lord. Well, oftentimes you're feeling dryness. We're feeling dryness because we're not actually right there. We're not in his face letting his presence wash over us. It's so important that we're in the light of the Lord. And then the fifth one, and I'm just going to emphasize this because uh, I've had this type of conversation with so many people, but is time the right timing? How many do you know that if we have good seed, water, soil, all those things, but we plant a summer seed in a winter season, it's not going to flourish. It's not going to do well. We have to be in the right season, the right timing. And so many times with Young adults, the the conversation I'm having is, you know, well, when's my when's my husband coming? When's my wife coming? When's what about this person? I'm thinking about dating this person or or whatever it may be, and uh, and I always say, well, is this the right season for you? Has the Lord prepared you? And are you ready to, if it's a guy, are you ready to, to lead the way? Or do you have a vision and a purpose for your life? Has the Lord shown you who you are so that, if, that when you know who you are, you aren't going to morph or transform for that person? But you're going to stay steadfast in what the Lord says you are. And so I, I ask them those questions because if the answer is no, or I don't know, or I'm not sure, then I am pretty confident. That The season has not come yet. The fruit has not grown yet ready for that sort of relationship. And so I'm telling you this, guys, because when the Lord plants things in us, there's a now season, there's a later season, and then there's a waiting season. There's a time where you say, man, I'm going to grab hold of it. This is the time. This is hot in my hands. And And we live in a world where everything is now, now, now. Minute, minute, minute. And a lot of times we say, well, if the Lord gave me a word, it must be for right now. i got to do it right now. i got to do it this minute. You know, I'm, how many of you are have put something in the microwave and you're like, 30 seconds? I, you know, I wanted to just kind of just press a button and it's ready right now. Well, I'm telling you guys, look at the scriptures. God is like, he gives someone a word and then it's like 40 years later. Hundred years later, generations later. His focus is not the same as our focus. And we can't make God conform to our attention span, to our mindset. We need to conform to His mindset. And we need to understand His timing. I really encourage you guys, when you're in the Word, circle and zero in on the timing of the Lord, how He moves because so many of us are impatient or we're anxious. We have anxiety because we've put these expectations on ourselves that the Lord never put on us to begin with. We're frustrated that I'm not further along for my life stage. You know, my wife and I are in our 30s, and it's been really tough not having uh, children yet. We have so many uh, friends, and, you know, I've got people in high school and whatever that ha- are on kid number two or three or whatever it may be, and I've had to be really diligent to not fall into the trap of comparison and not say, well, you know, this or that, or, or I don't have the degrees that they have, or I don't have this that they have. You know what? God's got a timing and his purpose and his plan for each and every one of us. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about what the Lord's doing in that area for Lauren and I in a bit. Um, but it's so it's so important. Land, soil, seed, water, sunlight, and timing of the Lord. Let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever killed a plant before? <laughs> have you? Uh, we had a lot of hands last service, and, and I know I have been the reason for a plant's demise many a time. And uh, I don't speak. I don't say black thumb. I don't speak that over myself. Where I, I believe that there's a green thumb on me somewhere, but uh, but I just haven't found it yet. But anyway, uh, if you've ever killed a plant before, it's probably because you've either overwatered it or underwatered it. And uh, you know, it's it's it can be tough sometimes because you aren't really. Maybe you aren't educated on what the needs of that plant is, or maybe someone gave it to you as a gift. And so now you've got this plant in your house, and you're like, okay, what do I do with this? Um, and maybe you didn't do what was needed. And so a lot of times to care properly for plants or for anything put in our care is we need to do the research. We need to learn and understand what does this plant need? And so it's the same with our lives. What do you need? You know, my needs are not going to be the same as your needs or your needs. It's going to look different to a certain extent. You've got to know. And so oftentimes we see this overwatering thing when someone is a little over eager. They're excited. I got my plant. I love plants. I'm going to water it every day because and the, 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 the intention is right. But unfortunately the result does not bear fruit. It turns yellow, it gets all mushy, it does not work out well, it doesn't bloom properly because it's being overwatered. And what I mean by overwatered, I don't mean that someone's a little too serious about their Bible or reading it too much. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, is that we're we're being busy, we're stuck in and do it do it do it mode we're at we're in the church so much that we're not actually in the presence of the Lord that can be a big trap we're falling into this spot where we're just like I gotta do the next thing I got I'm a, I'm a really do it oriented kind of guy and I have to be careful oftentimes it's my wife who has to say we're gonna have a rest time today we're not gonna do all these things we're gonna slow down I'm like okay, 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 all right, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay, okay, all right, I got to let peace in because I get used to that go, 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 go thing. We've got to let peace in and to be a part of our lives. And so the the overwatering, overdoing it, but then we've got the other extreme, we've got the like crispy plant turned into chips kind of thing because we just have not... We've neglected it, we've forgotten about it. Maybe it went up on a high shelf and you're like, I can never find the, the step stool. I never can get up there. And so it didn't make it. And uh, there are parts of our lives family that we neglect because we keep saying, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Oh yeah, there's that plant. I'm gonna water it tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to a secret place time. You know, or we just, we, we, we're just doing too little. We're, it's the daily scripture. You know, I got my scripture. I got my water drop today. You know, and it's just not going to do it in the long term. It's not going to sustain us to where we need to go. What's going to happen a lot of times you see them in plants is that they start to restrict in. They start to sort of anticipate the fact that they're not going to have very much water. And that's what happens in our lives is when you go so long without intimacy with the Lord is it kind of, your spiritual life kind of restricts in and there's less of an expectation of the Lord doing powerful things or moving in us in a powerful way because it's been so long since you've had a big encounter and experience with him. So it's important for us to say, what is going on with with the garden of our heart? Are we... Overdoing it. Are we not doing enough? What's happening? And so how do we effectively grow a garden in our hearts? Well, first we have to be connected into the vine that's Christ Jesus. John 15, 5 says this, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. And it's so important for us to remember this verse, family, because we have to remember that number one is this that we're not doing this on our own. We're not just sort of out there saying, oh my gosh, a garden, I got to do the, got to buy the soil and I got to. Get the right seat and, you know, what kind of water? I use the city water. I use the, you know, we're we're not out there stuck just sort of figuring this all out on our own. We are connected already into the vine, into the chief gardener, into the chief cornerstone. We're already connected and we just have to look to him. That's what's so great is if I want to become a an actual in the natural expert gardener, I got to do a lot of research. I got to talk to all sorts of people. There's a lot of work to be done to figure that out. But in the in the spirit, we already have a fast track. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got the Lord who's speaking to us and moving in us. I've got to tell you guys, when I got baptized in the Spirit six seven years ago, I I felt like I had done it all, seen it all uh, as a believer, and not in a, necessarily in an arrogant way, really more in a uh, discouraged way. I felt like, gosh, I've, I'm, I'm reading the Word, I'm going to church, I'm, I'm trusting in the Lord, I'm, I'm praying, I, I got good friends, I'm not doing crazy stuff, you know, and I was like, is this really it? is this all there is? Because, I mean, gosh, I'm, I think I was like 25, 26 when I started thinking that. I'm like, you know, I got more lives to live. And, and and I thought there was a lot more to this. And I would reach out to to respected family, not family members, but respected friends and different people I'd know. And, and they'd say, well, you know, go to school, get a, a you know, a, a degree. And in a Bible college or something like that and I'm not knocking those things but I was like that's not that's not it. And really what it was is that I didn't have the as intimate a experience with the Lord as I could have because I didn't know the Holy Spirit. I didn't know who he was. I knew of him. I you know I knew all the stuff but I didn't know and have it living and breathing inside of me. And it's like you know, spiritual miracle growth. If you've ever seen that stuff, you ever seen those, those deals that got the giant tomato and you're like, oh my gosh, what will I do with that? But it's the fertilizer in our garden, this Holy Spirit coming in and bam, the nutrients, the things that we need are all of a sudden springing up with such a new sense of ease. Because I hear his voice, because I can just feel the room, or I'm having dreams and visions. I'll tell you guys right now, I don't know about you, but I'm having more dreams and more visions than ever before. I feel like there's something the Lord's preparing us for. There's something that's going to happen soon. I'm not really sure what, and I'm sure we could all talk about interesting ideas about what could be happening or coming. But whatever it is, I don't really need to be that concerned about it. And I want to tell you guys, if uh, the... Both directions want to grab your time, want to grab your eyes and your attention. Don't get stuck heavily in the conspiracy stuff or in any of the things, either direction, because now you're, whatever it is, your eyes are off of the Lord. I'm in anticipation. I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, what are you doing? Are you preparing me? Uh, No, how are you preparing me? How can I be ready for more of you? And so stay connected into the vine. Trust in the Lord, and he's going to guide our steps every step of the way. All right. Um, I wanted to highlight with you guys the Hebrew word for fruit in the scriptures. It's a word that I do not have a great pronunciation for, but it's peri. I think a P-E-R-I-Y. I, I wish I had like a Hebrew accent or something. But anyway, uh, and it means uh, produce To bear offspring or the fruit of your actions? And what's the common thread between those three definitions? Is there all things that come forth from us, that spring forth from us, whether that's the the fruit of our lives, whether that's going to be children, an actual physical manifestation of the fruit, uh, the generations to come, that is really, really important. And then the fruit of our actions. Actually, I'm not just saying it. I'm doing it and it's happening. Okay, I'm not just giving lip service. And so what's going on? How do we know if we're bearing good fruit? Well, what's coming forth from you? Are the generations coming forth from you? Are you actually living what you're saying? Not just sprouting it out on on social media and all that stuff, but you're actually walking it out. I'm going to tell you actions then words is always a a, a good way to go. And so it's not always how it has to go. But I'm telling you, it's if you are saying it, sometimes there's this temptation of, oh, I already kind of did something. I said it, you know, I put it out there. My action was I posted it. No, that's not the action. (laughs) That's that's not it. And so we have to have a fruitful garden. So. There are um, three different different things that add up to being a skilled gardener, and I kind of wanted to dive into some of those this morning. One is wisdom. So I'm just going to kind of back up and say wisdom plus discipline plus humility equals a skilled gardener. And I I really encourage you, if you're writing or taking notes, I'm going to kind of dive into this spot here, and it's extremely important. So, Hebrews 12, 11 says this, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so I want to kind of zero in on this for a second and say, family, if we don't have discipline, and, and I was talking about this first service. I, I first feel like I need to dissect and, uh, and deal with what we think discipline is. Some of us have grown up in a family background where discipline is the same thing as punishment. It's time that you get disciplined. It's come on over here. It's time to give you some discipline. And when it wasn't done right, it wasn't done healthy, all of a sudden we're like, no, I don't want any of that. I don't want to be a part of that, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Healthy discipline is maturity as an adult, as a believer to say, I need to incorporate these things into my life intentionally, and I need to do them consistently if I'm going to expect for growth to take place. And so that's why when I was reading from that in Hebrews 12, it says at first, discipline is not... It's not fun. It's like, oh my gosh, there's unpleasantness. A lot of times it's taking, because it's pulling you out of the old thing. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace because now all the craziness that was going on that you're involved in, the the cycles, the, the things that you feel trapped in, now you've broken out of those things and now peace and righteousness has come into your life and now you're standing on the rock, the firm foundation of the Lord. And you're like, okay, I can do this. Yes. And so we have to have discipline. We need to remain in it and we need to cultivate it. Uh, an aspect of discipline that I really want to point out to that we need to be careful about is lack of discipline is often because of double-mindedness. The scripture talks about that. If you're not sure what double-mindedness is, it's simply this. It's like, I want to be in church. I wanna, I'm i doing these spiritual things with the Lord over here. And I'm, you know, I'm, I've got friends, and I'm in the Word. But I still kind of want to go to the club sometimes. I still want to kind of party sometimes. I still want to do that sometimes. We heard that from, uh, from Olivia and Oscar's testimony. And it was pulling Olivia apart to live this life back and forth. Both ways, and, and that's what's happened in my life and in so many of our lives is we've tried to live a godly life, but we've not left behind the old ways, the old things, and there's a real tearing, a pulling, because they're wanting to pull us in each direction. The Lord jealously desires us, the scripture says. He jealously desires us. So, so he runs at us full force. So we're feeling the full force of the Lord coming at us. But then at the same time, we're, we've got these fleshly desires to go back to the comforts of the world. And so we have to break out of double-mindedness. We have to say, I'm done with those things. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to get trapped in the ways of the world. I'm going to break away from that. And I'm going to go all in with the Lord. That's why we've got those shirts. When we do our baptism, it says, I'm all in. You got to be all in if you're going to get in the tub. And so uh, um, then wisdom, how do I gain wisdom? So wisdom, discipline, humility equals a skilled gardener. How do I gain wisdom? You've got to be in the word regularly. That's the source right there. You can guarantee that. This is going to be good. And I've got to tell you, we've got to be in the word, like I said, more than ever. And so the other part is uh, for wisdom is we need to be in quality community. How many of you know that maybe you've been reading the scriptures, you've been reading the word, you've been studying with the Lord a long time, but then when you get together with other people that are doing likewise, that and they tell you something, you're like, Oh, and then the light bulb comes on. You're like, I get it now, Lord. I understand now. That's because we've been made to be in relationship together. So if we're going to grow a healthy garden and we're going to be a skilled gardener, we have to be in relationship together. We cannot be going it alone. We can't do the Lone Ranger thing. We've got to trust in the Lord. We've got to hear from our peers, from those uh, above us, those seasoned mamas and papas, and let that word bring uh, wisdom into our lives. Now, dwelling in humility is, it's so important, and I'm going to just sort of spend some time on this. When we dwell in humility, it looks like this. It looks like a lordship, and it looks like identity in our lives. If you don't know who you are and who the Lord is, then you're kind of like a a ship that's got no sails and, and, and no rudder. You're just floating out there And the water is going to push you. The world is going to push you every which way because you do not have a solid foundation to stand on to say, no, I know. I know what the Lord says about me. I know who he is. I know that I am a son or I am a daughter in the Lord. And so then the second is admitting that we don't have it all together. Okay? Okay. It's so easy to get caught up in pride and thinking, okay, I got this. I have this all together. And, you know, maybe you even feel like, oh, that's not really me. I don't really have those thoughts. But have you ever withheld something from the Lord? Have you ever gotten to a spot where you're like, here, Lord, I'm going to give you areas one through eight of my life. But nine and ten, I'm just going to, I'm still working on those. I'm not ready to give them to you yet. But what's happening is, is you don't realize it, but there's a, there's a pride element there of like, nope, I got this. I'm doing these. You're doing those. I'm doing these. And the thing is, is that when we're not all in with the Lord, when we're not giving it fully over to him, then we're falling into pride. We're not trusting in him. And when we're not trusting in him, how can we be intimate? If you, if, uh, For married people, if you don't trust your spouse, that disrupts intimacy. How can you be intimate with someone you do not trust? And so trust has to be rebuilt. It has to be worked on. It's constant. And I'm telling you, that is an area that the enemy has tried to come against. Lauren and I's marriage many a time. He's tried to plant the seed in my mind of, I don't know if you can trust her on that. I don't know about that, even though she's demonstrated time and time again that I can. There's still these doubts that come in, and we've got a war against the flesh, the Bible says. We've got a war against the flesh and say, nope, I'm not letting those mindsets come in. I'm not allowing that stuff to to enter my mind. I'm not going to speak that out. Oh, man, I'm going to just tell on myself right now. I did not say this in the last service, but... um, uh, my wife and I, we were in a little bit of an argument going on, uh, uh, like last week, and I was like, you are unteachable. And you know, I said that to her. She was across the room like, you're unteachable. You know, I was so frustrated because she wasn't seeing my perspective clearly. She wasn't understanding what I was saying. And so I just kind of, you know, I'm going to be honest. I partnered with the, the enemy, with the accuser, and I said, you're unteachable. And the truth is, is that that's not true. She's uh, very teachable. <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, is that I instead of saying I'm really frustrated right now because we're not getting synced up here, there's, there's some something's coming against our communication. The the right response, hindsight being 2020, is I should have paused us and I should have said, all right, hold on, communication is not working there's a breakdown. I'm feeling frustration rise up in my spirit. We're going to pray. You know, we're going to stop. We're going to hear what the Lord says about this situation. And oftentimes we get the ball rolling and we just keep rolling with it. We're not willing to stop or to slow down or to to defuse the bomb the enemy's trying to get to go off. And so I just want to encourage you guys in that. Just let's be real. Let's be raw. Let's be honest with the with our spouse, with our close family, whoever it is, um, that this is what's going on, and we need to talk about it. Okay, that was kind of a little bunny trail there. But yes, humility. We've got to humble ourselves before the Lord and trust in Him. We can't do everything, guys. And it's, it's so tempting to 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 want to be in control. It's so easy to just fall into this trap of, okay, I got it now, especially if you've asked the Lord to do something and then he does it. And then you're like, okay, thank you. Now, now I got it. Now I got it from here. You know, it's so easy for us to get into that spot, but we have to remain I'm like, Lord, you, I couldn't make a way you made a way. And so I'm just going to keep following behind you. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm just going to trust in you and every step of the way. And so Second Chronicles, or actually, excuse me, Proverbs 11.2 <laughs> uh, says this. It says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. It says, you know, I talked about wisdom earlier because it's wisdom, discipline, humility, and they very much are intertwined. With pride comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. We can't unlock the renewing of our mind, as Romans 12 says, until we humble ourselves before the Lord. Because if we're in pride, if we're so sure that we have the answers, then the Lord's like, okay, well, I guess you have the answer then. You don't really need me for anything. You know, the, the, the Lord lets us have what it is that we want. If we want more of Him, He's going to give us more of Him. If we want to go our own way, He'll let us go our own way. <laughs> And uh, I think about that song, and uh, I think the other day it came on the radio, and I sang it, and Lauren's like, nope, we're turning this off. This is not from the Lord. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, so we've got to go the way of the Lord. We've got to humble ourselves before him. If you want to be lifted up, if you're frustrated because you haven't seen advancement in your life, you haven't seen promotion come, get low. Get Low before the Lord. Because when you get low, the Bible says he will lift you up. He will exalt you. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is, whew, man, this is so key because humbling yourself, praying, seeking the face of the Lord. We've got to turn from our wicked ways because we need the land of our hearts to be healed. If if we've got such scars, such tissue that's so messed up and, and maimed that you're just, what do you have left to work with? We've got to turn ourselves over to the Lord. I I've seen there's some people I've spoken into their lives and I feel like I get one step forward with them and then they just kind of run back two or three more steps and I'm just like, no. And I, you know, I just, I pray and I really believe and I've seen over time finally come back around. We've got to trust in him and go all in with him. I'm just going to keep saying it because the Lord keeps bringing it fresh in my mind. I want to give you a little bit of a, uh, the Lord put a warning on my heart for some of the enemies, some of the things that really can can endanger a healthy garden. Um, One is discontentment. If you're putting false expectations on yourself or others are putting it on you, or you're in this spot where you're just like, gosh, I mean, why don't I have a job like this person? Or why am I not in this season? I wish I was... Married, or I wish I was not married, or I wish I was all sorts of situations where we're just in discontentment. We're not okay with what's going on in our lives, but we don't direct it towards the Lord. We just sort of marinate in it and we stew in it and we start to get into such huge frustrations. I, I challenge you guys that that's where we, the, the Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord. We've got to cast our discontentment upon the Lord. Um, I, the, the message that Pastor David preached a while back, godliness plus contentment equals great gain. It's so important that we are content in him. The second thing, aimlessness. I see this so much, especially in the, in the younger generation coming up and I'm not dogging anyone, but there's there's a sense of kind of, I was joking about it in the first service. It's like a very emotionally led. It's just kind of like whatever I'm feeling. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like this is morning time. I got my coffee. I need my coffee music. And then, and like, well, what's next? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, what, what's coming. I'll be like, hey, how about we get together next week? I'd love to set something up. And they're like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll pencil it in. Maybe, you know, if nothing better comes along. And I'm just like, ah, commit to something. Family, we have to make a commitment to the Holy Spirit. We can't just do the float-through-life thing. We can't be aimless. We can't be rudderless. We can't just say, well, we'll see how it works out. And especially we fall into that, uh, I know I do, where I feel like I don't have enough details about what's coming, and so I get discouraged, and so I'm just like, ah, whatever. I just throw my hands up. Oh, I don't, I can't figure it out. That's okay. I I just need to say, Lord, I don't know what's coming. You know, recently with um, going back to what I was talking about, as far as um, Lauren and I are in our desire for children, the Lord put on our hearts to pursue international adoption. And so we're in the midst of that. It's a really cool, much longer story. But uh, he put it on our hearts to pursue international adoption. We're desiring to adopt from the Philippines, and it is quite a process. And I feel like each and every day I learn more and more things. You know, a lot of people have been asking me, "Well, tell me what the status is. What's going on with it?" And I'll tell you, it's day by day, week by week. There's I feel like there's new things I discover. It's kind of like when you signed up for something. You thought you knew what you signed up for, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh my gosh, I did not know about all these requirements over here." And uh, but I'm rolling with it. I'm trusting in the Lord because it's something that I know is beyond me. I know that that if the Lord is going to prepare me and uh, uh, bring financial increase for this, that I've got to be ready because one of the one of the things that is different about Adoption, especially international adoption, is we're going to be one day where it's just going to be Lauren and I, and then literally the next day, all of a sudden, some kids that are, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years old, you know, are in our house that we just met, and and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, Lord, how is this going to work? You know, what if they don't like me, or, you know, there's all sorts of things that you think about and you wonder about, and, and that's where I just have to stop and I just say, Did you say it or not? Did he call you into that thing or not? Did he tell you to to step into that ministry area or not? Did he tell you to take that job at that place or not? Even if you're like, but Lord, it doesn't pay very well. But you don't know what the next thing is that comes after that. You don't know the fact that he might have put you at that restaurant because there's this influential person that's going to come in and that's going to connect with you, and then he's going to catapult you onto the next thing. You do not know what he's setting you up for. And I don't know what he's setting us up for, except for parenthood with these kids. But I'm excited and I'm anticipating it in a a great way. And I know it's going to be a huge story. It's going to be a huge story example of the the goodness of the lord and so as i kind of bring ourselves to a close i want to encourage you guys family we got to stay committed we got to stay all in for the lord there's really no other way to go if you're not charging hard after him you're going to get frustrated because you're not stepping into the full design of the lord have you ever got something you were really excited about and it didn't work right? And you just feel like robbed. You just feel like, you know, what? why is this thing broken or it's not working or it didn't have the features I expected on there? And that's what's going on with so many of our, our lives as believers. It's we're like, Lord, I don't get it. I don't. Wh- where's the financial increase I keep hearing about? Where's the... The, the power, the fire, Pastor David keeps talking about being fired up, but I don't feel very fiery right now. Well, are you cultivating a real garden in your heart or not? Uh, you know, I'm just going to say that from a, a fatherly perspective, because I have to look at that in my own life as well. Is that am I really going after this thing hard, or am I really just, like I was talking about earlier, half in, half out? I'm going after it somewhat, and what are the excuses you know, we can have a whole world, of, well, you just don't understand. I've got a really crazy job. I don't know how many times I've told people, I was like, you, you know, and I really, I got this a lot from Pastor David and from Prophet Kevin, because I'd never really heard anyone do this before in a church context, is, is to be like, you know, you need to change jobs, you know, Prophet Kevin would say, or you need to make a change, because what's going on in your life that you've signed up for is so all-encompassing of your time, your efforts, your your... You're focused that there's just no room for anything else. And I'm not, I don't want anyone who's got a a real heavy duty, uh, high hours job to feel like I'm coming against that. I'm not. The Lord has times and seasons, like I talked about earlier, for everything. But if you don't have a plan and a purpose going forward to know, okay, I'm doing this now and it's setting us up for this future. And when I step into that, then here's this, then here's that. We've got to be ready with a plan and a purpose that the Lord has for us. So I'm going to end with this. Gardening the soil of our hearts is a co-creating process. You have to be doing it with the Lord. We're not doing it on our own. We're not doing it and checking in with the Lord from time to time to see, hey, what do you think, Lord? I've been working on my garden over here. What are your thoughts? This is well, my thought says I want to do it with you. My thoughts is I want us to be in it together. And so we've got to keep him in the garden with us together. He wants an invitation. He's given us an invitation with his son. He wants an invitation back. You know, adoption is a two-way process. It's not just, I don't just get to go to those kids and say, hey, guess what, I adopted you. They have to say, mom, dad, I adopt you. I receive you and your influence and what you have over me. Well, Jesus has adopted us with the cross, but we have to adopt him and say, I choose to receive the cross. I choose to receive what it is that you did for me. And so we have to co-create together, family. Don't be alone, gardener, gardener. Do it together with Holy Spirit, because he will give you the secrets of the garden so let's stand up together, and I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Father, I thank you that you, have, you are already preparing the soil of our hearts, Lord. Sometimes churning it up can be tough because it exposes things. It reveals things that we hoped were gone, that we hoped were buried or tucked away or we don't want to deal with, Lord. And maybe in the past we've we've gone the wrong direction in dealing with these hurts and pains. But Lord, I just pray in your kindness and your mercy as you churn up the soil of our hearts, Lord, sow a new seed into us. I just speak a new seed planted over everyone here this morning. Lord, that their hearts would be moved, transformed, that the soil of their heart would be prepared, Lord. And that your rain would feed the good seeds that you've planted there. Father, I just pray for each person here this morning, Lord, that they would run the race set before them, Lord, that they would be aggressive and assert themselves, Lord, to not be a part of this world, but to be transformed, Lord, that our minds would be renewed by you, that we might have been in the old ways might have been that way, Lord, but we can change. We can be different through the work of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for the work you've done and for your son on the cross. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming out, everyone. Have a great day and see you on Wednesday.